The Courage to Lead, episode 119. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Please help me welcome Janice Porter. Janice Porter has an innate curiosity, which she has leveraged into building business relationships, and she teaches others how to do the same. Her passion is working with people who want to build their business through relationship marketing and networking, and she does that using online and offline strategies. LinkedIn training is a huge part of Janice's business. She believes all business professionals need to have a magnetic LinkedIn profile and that LinkedIn is the platform for attracting new clients, strategic partners, and referrals. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Harlan. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. No, I've been looking forward to this. Online and offline strategies. That's something I don't think people take. uh, I, I think they want to do one or the other. I don't think they're they're doing as much as they possibly could. Is that true? Well, I think so because I think when you when I ask people, you know, what do you do to stay in touch with your clients and to be top of mind, they'll say things like, "Well, I have a weekly or a monthly newsletter," and uh, and is that online or offline? Oh, it's an email, and uh, I text people, and I have another email that I, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know, when do you ever?" I, I, and I usually follow that with, well, how, do you know what kind of percentage of people open those emails anymore? Well, no. Well, what a waste because it's usually under 30%. And unless it's really good, then maybe it's 40%. But we're so inundated with online yeah. mail and, and texting and we never talk to people anymore yeah. that I think it's important to shake it up and have something different come by a tangible touch, maybe even a a video message on LinkedIn, which you can do now, and that shakes up the tree. Yes, it's digital, but you can see the person. So they pay attention to that one before they pay attention to the other messages that you can't see. And so there's different ways to do it, but I absolutely think there's that it needs to happen. It needs to be offline. Absolutely. Too much technology has kind of get, gotten in the way of relationships, mm-hmm. that human touch, mm-hmm. you know, there are bots out there that you think you're conversing with somebody. Oh, I really know. Not. I yeah. know. Oh my goodness. Can I share something with you? I, call, I had sure. to call Apple and usually they're really good on the, on the phone and you get to the right part and whatever. Anyway, I had a nightmare um, call with them, which is very unusual. And I decided that I would call the local Apple store because this is what I needed to do to um, solve this problem. Apparently after talking to four people at Apple call center, anyway, I called the store, the store is answered by a robot person. And he says, I'm very good at understanding sentences. So how may I direct your call? Everything I said, he didn't understand. And eventually I said, because it was about an Apple TV box that I wanted to talk about. So he's uh, eventually I said, customer service. He said, oh, I'll put you through. He puts me back to the call center. So now mm. I'm, this is where I had the frustration in the first place. So yeah. those bots are not the answer. They're not the answer. No. Absolutely. Avoid the bots. <laughs> no, I'm a real person. All right. 
All right. So I want to talk about how you got your start. Um, some of the things that, that you're working on now, things that you're doing um, and strategies for using LinkedIn, which we talked about earlier. I know I need to update my LinkedIn profile and do some different things. So I'd love to get some, some tips from you. Okay. Uh, but before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask. These are questions I ask every one of my guests. Uh, questions made famous on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood stars from TV, stage, and film. I guess if they're if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests, right? Absolutely. I love that show. It was I great. know. I loved it. All right. So if you're ready, 10 questions for you. Okay. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Curiosity. What is your least favorite word? Oh, I should have remembered what I was going to say for that one. Um, there's a word. It's, 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 this is the word, and I can never say it properly. S similarly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. And it's your least favorite because you can't pronounce it? Is that yes. Okay. There's another one I don't okay. like, but I can't remember it. Right. <laughs> That's good. Um, question three, what turns you on? good sense of humor um a a good conversation um human connection intimacy i am allowed more than one word answer absolutely i'm not going to stop you you're you're okay. on a roll <laughs> yeah. 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 what turns you off Inefficiency, dumb rules, people that cannot understand that they're in customer service and they can't make a unilateral decision to help the customer because of those dumb rules. It's ridiculous. That's yes. what makes me so upset and angry. Um, we could we could do an entire episode yes. just on customer service. Yes, we could. Wow. Yes. All right. Question five. What sound or noise do you love? My grandchild saying, hi, grandma. Oh. I love you, grandma. Perfect. What sound or noise do you hate? Screeching on a blackboard type of thing. You know, that screeching sound. Uh, I used to teach school, so that's where that comes from. Yeah. Or the um, chalk across. Yeah. The oh, the fingernails on the, the fingernails. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, you know, <laughs> I guess I I guess when I'm really angry or frustrated and I use the F word, I'm not going to do that too much anymore because I heard my granddaughter say it the other day. Mm. So I guess I must have said it. It's yeah. so, you know, that's when you come full circle and you go, oh, my goodness, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my daughter knocking over her bowl of cereal one morning <laughs> and kind of looks over her high chair. And she goes, oh, sh like, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've uh, <laughs> heard a couple of others um, that my granddaughter, she's two and a half, and I heard her say the other day, what the hell? What? I can say that one. What the hell? And I'm like, it's not for me, but somebody said it. Somebody so said at it. that age where she's hearing it all. So I have to yep. stop my cursing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? You know, I always thought that if I had known differently when I was going to university or if the times were different, I might have gone into law. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. What profession would you not like to do? Oh, anything tech oriented. <laughs> <laughs> Reading, writing tech manuals, teaching people actual technology. Like I do teach some, in a way, some tech things, right? But they're more human than their end user as opposed to, I used to teach um, programming for voicemail systems. Wow. And I often wondered how I managed to do that. But at the time it was interesting, but you know what I mean? Like the sure. computer geek stuff, no yeah. thanks. Programming. <laughs> no thanks. All right. Finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, that's a good one. Um, Welcome, and we've been looking for people like you to help connect everybody else and make them feel welcome when they're here as well. Awesome. Very cool. Well, you definitely would be able to do that uh, with your background and stuff like that. So when we come back, um, I want to talk about how you got started, um, your background that led you to this, um, the work that you do, and your LinkedIn training. And then at some point, we're going to talk about courage and leadership. Okay. All right, listeners, we're going to talk about that and more. So... After this brief pause, stick with us. Thanks. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Janice Porter. Thanks again for uh, agreeing to be on the show. So how did you get started? How did you get started? What, what, tell me about the early years. I was a teacher. You know, I always knew I was going to be a teacher when I was a child um, because I was bossy and I was teaching everybody else how to do it. <laughs> and oh, older child, right? The oldest child. And, um, and so I did teach school. I taught elementary school. I love teaching and I love kids. And what happened for me, though, was there was parts of the, there are with most professions, but there was a part of the profession that I didn't like. And that was the bureaucracy mm. and um, the government getting involved. We were non-union. Then all of a sudden we were unionized and that wasn't comfortable for me. And that, I don't want to talk about politics, but that's just the reality of it. And when I took a leave to have my second daughter, I realized I didn't want to go back, but I had to reinvent myself um, if I was going to do something else. And while I was off, somebody offered me the opportunity. They worked at the local telephone company, which at that time was still a monopoly. And, um, and they said, hey, would you be interested in doing some training, soft skills training? Um, I'm, one of my friends in a different department is looking for some uh, part-time trainers. And I said, yeah, sure, I'm open to that. Well, send me your resume. I went, what? Resume? I was a teacher. What do I know about resumes? <laughs> so I figured that out went to see the, um, the girl, started out doing customer service training and um, telephone courtesy training. And, and then that led to um, equipment training and programming of different products and stuff. And so I, I got into that in a big way. I was a contractor and I 
chose to be a contractor, well, at first I had to be a contractor, but then when they offered me a position, I didn't want a nine to five job. I didn't want to be that person um, that had to clock in and clock out because I, at that time now had my second daughter who was into every sports event there was, and I wanted to be there for her. Sure. So um, I stayed a contractor, which was a good gig for like 15, 16 years. And then they didn't want contractors anymore. So now I'm dropped off the face of the earth. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> didn't want a job, knew that I wanted to, I don't know, I didn't know what I was going to do. But I started to look at how could I be my own boss. And I didn't qualify at the time they were giving government grants for people to learn how to do whatever they wanted. Mm -hmm. This is here in Canada. And um but I was able to take like a two week course that touched on these little things that, you know, your, your business plan and your right. budgeting and your operations and all of this. And I'm like, I don't know from business. I know nothing, <laughs> you know, cause I would go, they'd book the job. I would go do my training and that was it. So um, I started at the same time um, thinking I was going to be a professional organizer. Okay. I was able to do that quickly because a girl I ran into through the beginning of my networking days um, was franchise or licensing her system for getting organized for people with home office and small office. Okay. So that's how I got started. And then I realized I was really a glorified um, housekeeper because these people were just not, you know, you were organizing their desk, their office, right. whatever. So um, I started, I got into the world of network marketing um, didn't do very well at it at first because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't love the products that I was selling, mm -hmm. but it opened up a new world for me of personal development. And then through that time period, I got in, I then, I don't know, I started, it was a few years of professional organizing, networking, becoming a connector. I started teaching people how to network, um, effectively. And then, um, somebody showed me LinkedIn. And I went, oh, this is interesting. Facebook, I wasn't comfortable with mm -hmm. at the beginning, but this I could get my head around. And I had a good coach, a trainer. And then I started sharing this information with other people. And then the light went on and I went, oh my goodness, I could be teaching again. This is my road to teaching again. Mm -hmm. And so that became a thing. And then by that time, my network marketing business had, I'd found the, the home I needed, which was a marketing tool, a follow-up tools, which is send out cards. Mm -hmm. And so I then was starting to come together. And now I have this umbrella that I'm a relationship marketing person. And here's how I do it. I teach you how to build relationships through using LinkedIn and how to use that effectively. And then I'll teach you how to nurture those relationships and stay top of mind and show people you care using send out cards. Nice. Yeah, yeah, business relationships, everything that we do, we don't really, you can't sell something unless you have a relationship with somebody, right? They want to know you like you trust you. Correct. It's, it's weird that in business, people find it difficult networking and, and sharing referrals and things like that. If, if I'm a fisherman and I meet Bob and Bob likes to fish, I connect him with this guy who loves to fish and takes people out. That's easy why is it so difficult in business to, to network and, and share referrals? Well, I think it starts with an attitude of, are you, um, 
do you think there's enough out there for everybody? Or mm. are you trying to be protective because you're comp- you think everyone's your competition? Yeah. I think scarcity. Start- yeah. The scarcity mentality where that's where it starts. Yeah. If you know <clears throat> that by giving and sharing and helping other people, the law of reciprocity works. It might not be that same person, but somebody's going to come your way because you were kind and, and gave of yourself, your time, your whatever. And it works. It really does. Hmm. And you say the LinkedIn is the platform. You, you well, like LinkedIn over Instagram. Yeah, this is what I Facebook. say. This is what I say. If you, I think for me personally, I think each of the major um, uh, social media platforms, they each have their own flavor. Okay, so there's there's two things to think about. One is where do you feel most comfortable? Where can you be yourself more and the most? And secondly, where is your tar- if you're a business owner, where's your target audience hanging out? Because obviously you want to be where they are as well. Or if it's the same, that's fine. It might be two different things. So, you know, I may have um, one audience on Facebook and a different audience on LinkedIn. So I want to make sure, and, and Instagram for my money is a whole different thing. And I have tried it, but I don't like it all being visual. So I've stayed away from it. I think I might be coming back to it for a different reason this year, but I'm not sure yet. So, um, so it's really, don't do it if you're not going to use it, number one. But if you're in business and, you, and you're getting referrals from people, the person that you are referred to is going to Google you. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn is very highly indexed right. on Google. So you want to make sure that you have a good LinkedIn profile. That's what, if nothing else. And, and so we're there. What is that good LinkedIn profile? What does that look like? What does that consist of? Um, Cause I've seen things from uh, a resume posted up there pretty much right um, to, Hey, I'm really good at this. Call me. Sorry. Um, I guess I would start by just saying it really quickly that um, what I mean by a good LinkedIn profile is you want to optimize it so that you take advantage of all the different sections that you can have that highlight things in your business life, of course, and maybe be able to um, weave in a few things that show your personality and um, who you serve, how you serve them, and also your sense of humor. Like there's different places for different things, right? And quite often, if somebody's paying attention and they've actually read your profile before they reach out to you or whatever, they're going to notice that little thing in there that says, you know, um, that uh, I'm just going to use an example here. Um, It might be as little as it might be that you went to Cal State Northridge. okay, and uh, that's in the valley in California, right? That's in the San Fernando Valley. My sister lives right near there, so I'm quite familiar with the area. There's a great shopping mall there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you see what I mean? Like just that little thing could start a conversation because you want to be sure that you show people that you've paid attention. So that's one thing. What makes a good profile? I, I kind of start with the what I call the four H's. Your head, your header, that's your banner, your mm-hmm. head header. So don't have the default. Make sure you've made an effort to put something there. Right. Your 
um, uh, headshot. Make sure you have one, not your logo, not a picture of you and your grandchildren, not a picture of you at <laughs> really far away. I want a headshot, head and shoulders. And if I'm being honest, I'm looking at yours. I want it facing the okay. audience. Okay. In fact, I like the one that's on your banner. That should okay. be in your head, that should be in your headshot. I will. I'm making a note to change Tomorrow. that right now. That's okay. <laughs> the third thing is the headline, the piece right under your name, because that is prime real estate on LinkedIn. That's what shows up when you do a Google search on somebody, right? Your head, your name, and your yes, and it it shows up when you comment on somebody's posts. It okay. comment it comes up when you do a recommendation for somebody. It comes up all the time. So you want to make sure that you're using that to your advantage. Okay. And the fourth H, which um, gets into a whole other section, which is a little bit further down, is what we call your about section. And the H for that is the hook. Okay. okay? It's that one sentence, goals are cheap, results are money. And you've let that stand alone and make people curious to read more. And that's what the hook is. Good. And so those are the major pieces. And then you fill everything else in. Got it. So the headline, I've seen people that say, basically, you know, uh, I'm a CEO, I'm an author, I'm a this, I'm a that. Is that enough? Or do you want something that captivates them, that catches them? If you're a business um, owner, uh, or even if you're working for a company, you, that headline is not to advertise the company. That headline is to show, it, think of keywords mm -hmm. that you want people to search on LinkedIn to find you. And when I say keywords on LinkedIn, that's different usually than searching on Google. So when you mm -hmm. search on LinkedIn, you're usually searching for people, an accountant, a lawyer, um, a coach, as opposed to an accounting firm, usually, right? right? Right. So you want keywords like you have leadership, coach, speaker, author, podcast host, but you also want a positioning statement or a benefit statement that shows what you do to help people, how you help people and in as, you know, whatever way you can. And you've got 220 characters, so use them all. 220. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, I, I did a, a webinar about a year or so ago. And it was talking about who do you think you're talking to? And basically people have their websites and the entire website is devoted to telling you everything about them. It, it's not directed to the, the customer that's looking. It's all about me, 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 me. Here are the certifications I have. Here's how long I've been in business. You know, my grandfather started the business. We've been in the same location for a hundred years. None of that matters until people know that you have something that can help them with their problem. And then how long have you been in business, right? That's why your about section is really important on LinkedIn. It's not a resume copied from your resume or a um, about you section in third person copied from your website. It has to show some flavor. It has to show. And I have a formula that I use a three-part formula and I work. That's what I, that's my biggest um, kind of challenge and satisfaction is when I can work with somebody because I work with them, not, I don't do it for them. I, I, I get creative when I'm pulling it out of them. And so when I start to talk to people about, well, tell me about how you got here or tell me what, what, you know, gets your juices flowing and tell me what you do to help your clients, who are they? And how, you know, and then we build this, this thing um, that speaks to their target audiences. Yeah. 
But that's hard for some people to. Yes, I know. I, I don't talk about myself. I, I find it very difficult to talk, talk about myself to my own horn, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I have been guilty in the past um, of speaking in third person. Oh, Harlan is such a great person, and Harlan does this. How do you, how do you help people get away from that and and open up and say I am good at what I do? I think I just ask questions because I'm curious and try to pull things out that that I then can say wait, here, what about this? And then I'll, something will come to me. I work from my gut a lot, you know, and, and I'm heart and I try to be heartfelt. So I want it to be your narrative that doesn't tell your life history, but it gives a sense of, can I give you an example? I'm just going to give you one example. And this is my daughter. And because you love the actor studio, I think it comes from, um, she was an actor for a while and she got her degree in English and um, theater directing actually. But Okay, so it's taken me a long time to work with her, but if I give her the idea, she can go and do it herself. And this is what her hook sentence was. Um, She's still there, although she's landed a job that she's in now for a while, but we're not changing it. The first sentence, and you can't see anything else until you say Mm -hmm. Seymour. Who knew that a decade in the restaurant industry combined with a bachelor's degree in theater would form the base from which I would launch a thousand careers. Nice. And then she says, okay, maybe not a thousand, but I've certainly, and she goes on, and, you know, so you can <laughs> yeah. see the sense of a little bit of humor. Yeah. But you also get a sense of, you know, what made her tip, you know, where she came from. And so it's, it's really just not everybody's going to have that courage to, right. you know, to, to, in a, in a, a play on your courage to lead, they're not going to have the courage to lead with something like that, but right. that's what we kind of, that's what I kind of bring out. I did a, a LinkedIn training with these two brothers not long ago. They own a national company in Canada and they're very different. One's got a really um, dry sense of humor. The other one's the sales guy. He's quicker. He's more mm-hmm. outgoing. And I did separate sessions for their profiles. And then I brought them together to teach them some strategies for using LinkedIn. And they both really went with the process and ended up with, you know, similar, but from their perspective, their background, and then into what they do now. So it was kind of fun. That was the first time I've done with brothers, right? So yeah, that's cool. But I uh, thinking about it now, my wife and I, we both avid readers, we like to go into the Barnes and Nobles, right? And, and we look at are the they still there? <laughs> Some places still. Yeah. Um, you go in and, and we look at the book cover and the title. Mm-hmm. And if that captivates us, if the image on the front and the title captivates us, we'll look at the back page or the back cover to yeah. read a little bit of synopsis of what's going on. And yeah. that will tell us whether we want to buy the book. We have bought some off the wall books simply based on the, the, the image on the cover and the title of the book. Where was I reading? Was it you? Did you just write something about that? I just read yesterday something about people buy from the title. Yeah. I, I didn't write it, but I, I probably could have. I probably should have. Somebody, I read it somewhere yesterday. Yeah. And, and that's so but it's similar, right? To what you're saying. Yes. They, yes. they want to look at your image. They want something that captivates them, that compels them to click. I want to see more. Well, the first thing that, that they're going to do, I call it, again, I'm going to show my age above the fold. Yes. The very first thing when they go to you nodded, thank goodness you yes. knew what I meant. So 
for those <laughs> I'm way that, older than you. Yes, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> that may not know. That's what a, that's an old newspaper term that means, you know, the first the top half of the paper before you open it. So the header, the headline, the headshot, those things are all above the fold. And if I come to your LinkedIn profile and see no header, a bad or no picture and CEO of ABC company, either you don't know what you're doing or you're never here. So you don't care. Right. Or right? you're stuck where you are and there's no reason to, to connect well, with you on about a job or something like that. Right. No, Cause I mean, a, no, if that's you're a, advertising, if you're advertising that I am the CEO of this company, it may be, I'm comfortable where I am and I want to stay here. But if you have somebody else that says, adventurous leader of blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, maybe this guy's open, you know? Uh, I, I, I'm going to fight you on that one because okay. that person that put CEO of ABC company, I'm okay with him having CEO, okay? His company is going to come in the experience section. It may even be his URL in the banner, okay? So we get a sense of the company. This is about you. And if you're comfortable and proud of what you do and who you are, you should have a good first impression. And that does not give a good first impression. It shows that you, you know, you're complacent and, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to, you know, you don't care. So that's to my mind, that's totally it. I, um, it's interesting though. It really is because some people are really hooked or, or caught up with those titles. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I probably shouldn't say this, but I find the worst are the coaches who have like, um, they think that it's important to have all these um, designations after yeah, their certifications name. and everything. Yeah. yeah. No, not on the line with your name. No, 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 no. It should just be your name. I know. Am I getting emphatic? I'll stop now. No, that's good because uh, you, you do see a lot of that you know, the name and then the alphabet soup after. Yeah, I know. Like, so I don't know what half of those tag, mean. Have you ever tried tagging one of those people in a <laughs> And I always cut all that part out so they don't see it because yeah. I don't I think it's messy. <laughs> anyway, can that's you awesome. opinionated a little? That's no, that's fine. So when people come to work with you, what do yes. you start with? Do you have some kind of a, a checklist or, or something or you, you start off with or how do you work with people? That's a great question. I do have a checklist and it's actually a free checklist that people can download. If your listeners are interested in seeing what my checklist is all about, it's the 16 steps to optimize, optimizing your LinkedIn profile and they're welcome to have it. But what do I do? I try to take people from where they are to where they need to be. So for you, you're in a different place than if I were to start with somebody like that CEO that doesn't have a banner and doesn't write any of that stuff. I would have to start with the basics for him. I would have to just tweak and just up level what you have on your profile. And to my mind, once you've got everything in your profile up to snuff, then it's about, okay, what do you want to do? Do you want to be, um, there's two buckets, there's messaging strategies, and then there's content. They're both, they both serve different purposes. One is more passive. One is more um, uh, assertive, active. right? Yeah, active. Sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um and so I try to teach people because quite often people go, well, what do I say in this message? 
believe it or not, they do. So mm -hmm. I teach messaging strategies. You know, when you reach out to someone, don't tell, don't have a big long thing in the first uh, yes, outreach, yes. but do say something, <laughs> do personalize it. Okay. Right. Um, and so on. So I teach people from where they are to where they need to be. I do have an outline of my three packages on my website. Okay. Uh, I also have an online course for those people who just want to do it themselves. And by that, I mean their profile. Mm -hmm. And then I always like to add in, you know, new um, features on LinkedIn for people to try that they may not even know are there. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you could, did you know that you can um, do a voice recognition of your name? No. Hide your name? No. So if you, when, when we're done, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, there's a little megaphone beside okay. my name and you click it. It says my name. Well, my name's not hard to pronounce, but some people's are. Some people's can be. Yes. Yeah, so that's a bonus. You can do it. You can only do it by recording it on your app on your phone, but it shows up everywhere. Nice. There you go. There's a little tip for your audience. Very cool. And so you talk about messaging. One thing that drives me crazy, regardless of the platform, is somebody who wants to connect and they say, Hey, I see you're a coach. I would love to sell you this, you know, $5,000, you know, monthly program, blah, blah, blah. Pitch. People don't, yeah, just pitch with a cold pitch. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like walking up to somebody at the bar or restaurant and saying, Hey, you want to get married? Yeah. It's like, I don't even know who you are. Exactly. How do you get people, or, or is that something you work with people on to, to teach them to build that relationship first? You know, the, the sales opportunity will come, but build yeah. a relationship first. It is. But what I also notice is the people that I'm, that are attracted to the way I work are the people that have those same values that we just talked about a little bit ago about, you know, giving reps, you know, um, connect to give, not to, yeah. it's not all about getting that will happen. Just like you said, when people start to see some trust, show some um, added value by sending them something or looking at how you can help them a little bit. Those things are so important. So yes, I do. I try to te teach people, but you can't teach some people who refuse to learn. They think it's all about them. You know, um, another example is, is again, I'm going to switch from send out cards to, or sorry, from uh, LinkedIn to send out cards for a minute. If you, I know you're familiar with it, right? Mm -hmm. But yes. send out cards is an online uh, system that sends real mm -hmm. cards and gifts in the mail. Mm -hmm. And very often, if I get somebody new, they think that they have to have their picture on the front and their contact info smack dab in the middle of the inside of right. the card that they're saying thank you to somebody for something, right. you know? And so I, I try, like I just did a, a new year's card with a client and it's a big, long dissertation she has inside the, the card. And part of it is basically selling. And I said to her, you know, this is really good stuff, but I said, how would you feel about just doing this card as a thank you? I appreciate you. Here's the little gift I'm sending with it. And then doing that later. Yeah. She felt she wanted to put it all in there. So you, what are you going to do? You can't, you know, she's the client, right? I can sure. only suggest, but um, I do say, I think it's important to um, brand yourself and to show okay. your branding, but that goes on the back. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's so important. Um, we, before we bought our condo, we had a house and had problems with the HVAC system, had a couple of different companies come in, 
give me an estimate, go on and on and on about how I should not hire these other companies because they're so bad. They didn't tell me about themselves. They told me about how bad every their competition was. We had one company come in. We finally hired them. They got the work done. A couple of days later, I got a handwritten note from the owner of the company saying, thank you for allowing us the opportunity to show you our, our service. I was blown away. You just don't get notes like that anymore, you know? No, but here's another added piece to that, that I think is, I, somebody once told me a story. This is a story. I'm not going to tell you the whole story right now because it's too long, but this is someone I was in um, who was an affiliate with send out cards for a long time. And he's a sales trainer. And he was telling his story about how he got involved in uh, send out cards. And when he first saw it, all he thought about was marketing blasting the cards with his stuff on the front and all of the stuff I just said you shouldn't do. And he sent out like hundreds of cards and he got nothing, nothing. And then he, I guess, went to conference and convention and he heard our, our CEO telling stories about get, sending out to give, not to get. And he changed his whole um, philosophy. And that company that you just talked about we don't know if they do this or not, but an added bonus is when he came to do the uh, quote for you and maybe he didn't get it, he should, uh, another bonus is to send you a card saying, thank you for giving me the opportunity to bid on your business. Maybe next time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. You just don't get that kind of thing anymore. You know, everything is, uh, you know, sell, 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 sell. And that's tough. No, there's people out there that still care. We just have to nurture them. We have to find them and nurture them. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell me about your podcast, Relationships Rule. Oh, I love podcasting, don't you? Absolutely. Yes. Um, I've been doing it for a year and a half, I think. I'm on, okay. I'm on episode about 150, something like nice. that. And uh, I interview people that... I think are interesting or that I want to, you know, support or that someone's recommended that's already been on my podcast and so on. And which is happening with us, I think, um, because that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm, you're going to be on my podcast too, right? Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so uh, I don't know. I just, I really enjoy talking to people. I'm curious and I like to support other people and I think I'm going into my word for 2022 is transformation. And I think I'm going into a transformation year where I want to switch it up a little bit, but it's still going to be there and uh, maybe do a few more solo um, episodes where I can share some information with people as nice. well. Very cool. Yeah. Relationships are important. And uh, it, it, I think if you start by building the relationships and I, we were introduced by a, a common friend of ours, Talal, right? Yes. Introduce yeah. us. He is all about building relationships. He never asks for anything. No, he doesn't. He's always giving, 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 giving. And it's coming back tenfold I, to him. And I think that's what it's all about, really. I know, because I asked him, actually, in our last conversation, you've sent me some amazing people to connect with. I said, who can I connect you with? And he said, you know what? When you'll know when you have yeah. someone, you know, so... So true. And he's, he really, actually, I don't know if you've read his book and I yes, haven't read I've the, got his book. I've got his book here. Yep. Yeah. But he has a couple of really, really good sales strategies um, 
what's his book called? Uh, uh, Turbocharged Networking. And he has some really good strategies around uh, LinkedIn and just around uh, connecting with people. That I took one, one idea from his book and basically just reached out to people and said, how can I support you? The response was amazing. Yeah. You know, most people said, well, I'm doing great. How can I help you? Yeah. You know, and because that, that feeling of reciprocity, I think, you know, we all, we all have that. You hold the door for somebody, they will hold the door for the next person they see. So yeah, um, yeah I think if we could get into that mode where we're more interested in helping other people, I think we'd be in a much better place. Yeah, I, I interviewed a woman this morning, actually, on my pod, for my podcast, and she'd written this new book called Collecting True Friends. Okay. And it says, be a magnet to those worthy of your time and devotion. We could have talked for three hours because, of course, we're both about big networkers and yeah. um, whatever. She might be someone you might want to talk to, too, actually. That'd she's, be excellent. she's really cool. She's in Virginia. Okay, very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, this podcast is about courage. Where did you find the courage to walk away from the nine to five and say, this is what I want to do. This is where I belong. Where did you find that courage? My husband. Yeah. Because he, you know, he allowed me the freedom to, you know, I'm not saying that he allowed in the sense that, you know, right. he, cause I'm my own person, but he supported me in what I wanted to do. And, and in that sense allowed me to find my way. Um, I'm much happier doing my own thing than being in a, I've done, you know, I've done little jobs as well along the way, but uh, no, I, yeah, that's where my courage came from. And I'm constantly looking for the courage to do other things, right? Like being more comfortable on video. I'm still not that comfortable on video. It's the glasses. It's the, you know, the getting older. It's the, it's the vanity piece. Um, I can talk till the cows come home if you don't have to see me, but um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, my wife uh, is, is that for me? Um, I'm the risk taker. You know, I invest in the real estate. I do this, I do that. Um, She was off work for several months, but it was like, whatever you want to do. If you don't want to do anything today, that's fine with me. Mm -hmm. We've got it covered. Everything's taken care of. And now that role is kind of reversed. You know, she loves consulting. So she is still consulting, works hard. Um, I'm doing the coaching and the, the podcast and everything like that. She goes, hey, whatever you want to do, do it. And yeah, that supportiveness is. That's priceless. important. Yeah, it's really important, you know, yeah. that um, that you're happy with what you're doing. Yeah. And that that does take courage for sure. Um, there's another piece that sometimes comes in that that I find frustrating. And I don't know about you, but um, like my husband was a high school teacher and a basketball coach and basketball is the love of his life. And, um, you know, coached our daughter and coached everybody else's kids and, you know, whatever. And uh, um, he retired from teaching and teachers are, you know, able to retire a little bit earlier than some professions, but it was too young for him to be home. I work from home. Oh my God. You know, that would kill each other. Anyway, he got a retirement job and he's, goes out most days, not necessarily nine to five, but you know, and that's fine. And he, sorry, he also wants to have time to play golf. So that's important too. Sure, so, sure. um, um, what was it? Where was I going with this? Um, that, oh, that I have a lot of friends who at my age, they're not working. Right. And so my girlfriend today called me in the middle of the day and I was about to jump on a call with somebody and like, she doesn't respect that I'm still working. 
You know what I mean? So there's some of that. It's hard sometimes. But if I wasn't working, I guess I'd be spending money and I need to have the money to spend it. I will always be working. I will always be doing something. And I know my wife is pretty much the same way. Um, But I, you know, I was a consultant for 25, 27 years, traveling, working with clients, working with the executive teams at these different companies, helping them to be better decision makers, better communicators, organizational change. Um, The thing that I liked most was working with the people and helping them, Mm -hmm. you know, overcome the problem. And that's why I wanted to focus that um, aspect in in my coaching. I love this. I love doing this and and helping people and stuff. So yeah, as long as, as long as there are people out there that need something and I'm able to help, you know, I want to do it. Yeah. You definitely have a new career coming though. The podcasting nomad. There you go. I just, podcasting nomad. <laughs> it's come. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll have to work on that title, but I like that. I think that'll be a yeah. lot of fun. Yes. Very definitely. Cool. Um, You'll be a whole new um, type of people out there. Oh yeah. Right. And you'll be interviewing people for the courage to do what you were going to do and what they're doing. Oh, it'll Absolutely. be fun. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. So on a leadership scale, you're solo right now, but you've worked with other people. Have you ever had employees working for you, reporting to you? Um, no, I do have, no, I don't. I, I've just branched out to get a couple of VAs to do specific things for me. Okay. That's, you know, more contract than, than yeah. employees. Um, so no, but when you're teaching school, you have to be very responsible for, Absolutely. you know, 25, 30 precious little lives. And, uh, uh, yeah. you know, so to me, but you had your support helping you out different, different people within the, the school or within the organization, things like that. Um, yes. If I was to bump into any of those people and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? You know, I think that's changed over the years um, because where I have, I've, I have a couple of thoughts around me not being um, as much of a leader and stepping up to being a leader as I would like. And sometimes it's people see me as being very confident and very outgoing and a leader. And I've been asked to lead like networking organizations and things like that. And I found myself saying over the years, for whatever reason, I think it goes deeper, is I'm maybe not as comfortable being the leader, but being the second banana. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because each time I've done that, I have no qualms about, you know, stepping up and being you know, doing my bit and doing more than my bit to lead. And I'm, I have no problem standing up in front of the room and talking to people, but somehow I didn't want that star position. I yeah. it just made me think though, the one time I did was I was parent counsel uh, at my child's, my daughter's school. I was the head of the parent council mm-hmm. and it was scary. It does yeah. take courage to lead. It takes a lot of courage, Yeah, but leaders don't have to be in front. Right? No. Leaders can be oh, within oh, the no, group. Not yeah. leading from behind. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. See, that's right where I was more comfortable. Yeah. So great question. It does take courage and there are different kinds of leaders. And now you've made me feel better about it, you see, because I've led from behind. So yeah. thank 
that. Absolutely. And there are different types of courage too, right? There's um, intellectual courage, the courage to set aside your long-held beliefs to make room for new knowledge um, yes. from unexpected places. There's uh, social courage saying what needs to be said, even if it goes against the grain, moral courage, doing what's right, even if it's unpopular. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a type of courage you think is most important for entrepreneurs? Or let's say you're working with somebody on their LinkedIn profile and, and their self, their branding, their personal branding. Is there a type of courage you think is most important? I think probably the courage to be honest and authentic because people can see through it when you're not. Yeah. Right. And so, and that's why I think I don't like Instagram, to be honest, because it's lifestyle and it's everything looks perfect. Yeah. You know, so I think the courage to, to show those warts a little bit, you know, and I think that I've, well, I think I've just given you an example of that with me because, you know, to say, you don't think you're a leader when, you know, well, a lot of people don't see themselves as leaders. They don't see themselves as courageous, but from people outside looking at, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that's written a book, it's like, oh, I could never write a book. Mm-hmm. You know, I could never put my thoughts out there. I could never go on camera and lead and yeah. things like that. Those to some people are courageous. And that's the the goal of this podcast is that maybe somebody will listen and say, you know what, I'm struggling with some of the same things, mm-hmm. but if they can do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. Absolutely. I hope that that that's a great message for you to share with others. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I think when people show their fear around doing something, um, they tend to be a little bit, well, it's the fear that's making them closed minded. They don't say they're afraid of it. They just maybe get defensive or they say, no, I'd never do that. But they need to just step out of themselves. I've done a fair bit of personal development work over the years. And I actually remember one time at a ranch in Northern California, you know, where we've done all this work on ourselves. And I remember one of the leaders that was doing this workshop with us and there were a hundred women in the room and they were, we were all in different groups. And she came up to me. I'll never forget this because it, it hurt me forever. She said, you're invisible. Mm-hmm. And I was like crushed. I was like, you're telling me I'm invisible. I thought I was a leader. I thought I was right. But, and it was a leadership um, type of thing. Women's leadership, it was called. Wow. And that stuck with me for a long time. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about fear. Um, had a conversation with a client couple of weeks back about fear. Fear is the biggest, and, and I would argue the only motivator. People aren't motivated by money. They're motivated by the loss of money or, or somebody getting money that they think they should get or not getting as much as they should. So it's that fear. Um, it's not the recognition. It's the fear of missing out on the recognition or somebody else getting the recognition they should get. Everything is fear-based. Yeah. I think if we can understand that it's everything is fear, every emotion you're displaying, everything you're pushing back on and stuff like that, it's all related to fear. What do you fear? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Yeah. Um, I used to think I was afraid of not being right. And I don't care about that as much anymore. Um, I think it's important to 
feel comfortable within yourself and accept what is, you know, whether you can do it or you're not do it. That's just the way it is. You know, I, I don't want to get into deep stuff. <laughs> I will have you back on the show and we'll get into deep, deep stuff. How's that? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. This has been awesome. If people want to get in touch with you, how's the best way to get in touch with you? What's oh, your well, website? Janisporter.com. That's easy. And, um, and also on LinkedIn, you can find me Janice Porter. Uh, that's just search Janice Porter. I should be the first one that comes up. Um, and by all means, if somebody does want to connect on LinkedIn, let them know that, please let me know that you heard us speak on oh, yeah. Courage to Lead podcast. That would be awesome. And I'm always cool. open to conversations about um, LinkedIn, about relationship marketing, about nurturing your, um, your clients, your friends, whatever, and uh, just getting to know new people. Absolutely. And you say that checklist is available on your website? On my website, on the okay. uh, training and services page, there's a box there. You'll see it. Yeah. Very cool. And your podcast, Relationships oh, Rule. Podcast, Relationships Rule. It's it's pretty much everywhere. Um, okay. It's on Amazon. It's Oh, sorry. It's on um, Apple. It's on uh, Spotify. It's on all those other ones as well. All the big names. Good. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, is there a link off your website to that? Yes, there is. Okay. Very cool. Perfect. I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes so people know exactly how to get in touch with you. And uh, I hope they do. That'll be fun. Thank you, Harlan. I appreciate that. Yeah, this is great. Listeners, hope you guys have been taking notes. Some great takeaways here. Um, definitely look at your LinkedIn profile. If it's not getting the results or the action you want, connect with Janice. And find out what's what's going on. Get that fixed. I'm going to go look at mine. I'm going to change the headshot. I'm going to change <laughs> a lot of things on my podcast. But, all right. Anyways, listeners, hope you guys uh, appreciate this episode. If you do, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me. Coach Harlan saying so long for now. <laughs>